Hello and welcome to the final Destination Tokyo of the week. Destination Tokyo, a 10-minute topical chat with Olympians and Paralympians hoping to head to Tokyo this summer and they're out Monday to Friday. Today, England and Team GB footballer Ellen White talks about the influence of departed manager Phil Neville and, as you'll hear, swimmer Luke Greenbank, named on the GB team this week, has got quite similar thoughts about the coaching skills of Mel Marshall. I'm Mark Shardlow and thank you very much for listening. Well, this weekend sees six months to go to the Games and the London Times runs a story this morning from their Asia editor that the Japanese government ministers have privately conceded that cancellation is inevitable and they're looking for a face-saving exit. The government of Japan and the organising committee have issued counter-statements. The Japanese Times reports political opposition leaders in Tokyo are also increasing their calls on the government to call off or seek delay for the Games. So, where are we? I've covered a number of games over the last 20 years and I can't imagine the logistical challenges and the financial consequences that lie ahead, whatever the decision. But in context, we've had more Covid deaths in Britain in the last four days than Japan has had in a year. So although there's a state of emergency in parts of Tokyo, it's on a different scale. However, the fear of overseas athletes and their coaches bringing in the virus has led to significant public opposition to the Games being staged this summer. It does seem that if the determination to hold the Games prevails, that we have to believe that we're at the peak of the pandemic right now, that the vaccine programme rolls out without hitches and there are no variant surprises. Japan is the master of logistics, but dealing with 11,000 athletes and all the support staff, Games, workers and media is quite a challenge. And even suggestions of flying athletes in just before their event and out straight after, whilst looking good on paper, I can't see it, expecting athletes to go and compete in hot, humid conditions so soon after their jet-lagged arrival. Meanwhile, as we've heard on this podcast over the last couple of weeks, the athletes are preparing as if the Games will go ahead. There's no other way. And there's added uncertainty this week for the GB women's football team, with Phil Neville expected to be named as manager for Tokyo, moving to the States. I've been speaking to Ellen White. She competed in London 2012. We've had a chat and here's what she told me about Neville's departure. Yeah, obviously it is a bit gutting that that he is leaving. But I think, you know, for me personally, I can only kind of thank him and and wish him the best of luck. Um, You know, he gave me so much belief and, and confidence as as an England player, as a person, and he really drove me in and really changed my game as well, especially, you know, it came to fruition at the World Cup, really, when I was able to to score the amount of goals that I was, I was able to play the, the amount of minutes on the pitch, and uh, yeah, he just gave me so much confidence and belief. So how did he do that? I think it was just the, the way he goes about it, um, obviously... <laughs> He, he was a professional footballer. He played for, for one of the best teams in the world in Manchester United. He played for England. He understood what it was like to be a professional. And, you know, he really got to know kind of the person behind the footballer, which I, I think is really important. And helping me on the training pitch as well and getting the right positions and, and putting on kind of finishing sessions for me. And, yeah, I think he just gave me a lot a lot of confidence, which which I really kind of thank him for, to be honest. Did he make the team feel different? I think I go back into what I said in terms like he knew what it was like um, to be a footballer, um, the amount of sacrifices that you have to make. Um, you know, you miss so many family events. Um, you miss out on a lot. Obviously, we're very privileged to, to be footballers, but he did understand that, you know, we do really miss home. But he really understood how hard you have to work on the pitch and the training sessions he put on. But then also 
reminding us that you know you can have some downtime you don't always have to be on it on it on it all the time I think that was important to understand the balance but I think yeah he drove a lot of confidence and belief in the whole squad especially in the lead up to the to the World Cup in 2019 we had so much belief going into that tournament that that we could win it um obviously it didn't quite happen for us but you know I think every player can say that they they had so much confidence in him and, and in the team and in what we built leading it up to that tournament. And there's more of that chat with Ellen White on Monday about women's football and the Olympics. But now to someone named in Team GB's swimming squad this week, pre-selected alongside Adam Peaty, James Wilby and Duncan Scott. It's Luke Greenbank, who's got the same coach as Adam and has dreamt of an Olympic spot since the age of nine. Yeah, I mean, obviously... Um... I'm hugely excited to be part of this team and, and to compete at my first Olympics. And um, yeah, it's something I've wanted since I started swimming. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a dream come true, really. How far were you off being part of the team in Rio? So I was I was the winner in the 200 back um, at the trials, but I wasn't fast enough to make the team. So I wasn't didn't make the time, but I was still quite young. But I kind of wanted to to make that team and, and assert myself in the senior ranks so it's a little bit disappointing but I guess it kind of spurred me on to do better and yeah I'm just really happy to have made the team this time It must have been really gutting really, to, to win the trials and then not make the team because didn't, didn't make the time cut off Yeah I mean it, it was kind of difficult having won everything at juniors going into the senior, my senior career kind of expecting everything to go smoothly and it, it didn't really go that smoothly. Obviously not making the team and then I had a couple of years where I was a little bit off my best, but yeah, it all came good in the end. Like I just kept my head down and kept working hard and yeah, uh, it's, it's all paid off. And you're with Mel Marshall's coaching group at Loughborough. What would you say about Mel? I mean, a lot has been said about Mel. What's she done for you? Uh, Mel's absolutely brilliant. She's she's really passionate about the sport and really passionate about her athletes. Obviously, she's had a lot of it, success with Adam. And yeah, she, she's been su- such a help for me because I think I feel like she sees each athlete as a person as a whole rather than just looking at the swimming career. So she's helped me take different aspects of my life and worked to kind of improve me as a whole. And then that has just benefited my career greatly. She cares a huge amount about what she does. And like I said, she's really passionate. So yeah, I think that's really put attribute to have as a, as a coach. And yeah, she's just absolutely brilliant. So can you give an example of the sort of personal things she's done for you or, or the direction she's pointed you? I mean, she's always kind of pushed me to kind of better myself. So um, whether that be through like lifestyle choices outside the pool with regards to diet or like keeping myself busy or education. If, if you've got that kind of drive to do everything in life well and like improve yourself as a person, then that easily transfers into your sport or your swimming. And like I said, it, the performance benefits are, are massive. Have you had time then during lockdown? A lot of people, especially during the first lockdown, had time to develop something, some hobby, some craft, some skill, some study. What were you doing then? Uh, so I'm still at university, so I, I had a fair bit of uni- university work to keep up with. So yeah, alongside the training that we were doing at home, I was just kind of ticking over with that. And training at home, did you have one of those infinity pools? Yeah, yeah, that was, um, yeah, it was really good. Was it really? Yeah, it was It was obviously very different to, um, to swimming in an actual pool, but um, it was kind of the best that we had at, at the time. When we did get back in, eventually, it kind of put us a little bit ahead of where we would have been, if that makes sense. Yeah, and compared to many sports, and I'm thinking athletics, especially here, you know, Olympic sports, you've had a, a relatively normal last, what, eight months or so. You've been training and you're part of the ISL, so you had an awful lot of competition too. 
Yeah, I mean, ISL's been the only competition, but it, the fact that it was so um, kind of back-to-back racing, so we were racing sometimes twice in a, in a week, really benefited me personally because I really was able to hone in on my race tactics because we were doing it so much, whereas sometimes if you're not if you don't race for a while then you 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 have to learn how to swim the race every every time if that makes sense so that was that was excellent and really enjoyable and had like a a team aspect which made it a lot more enjoyable and then yeah as for training we've we've been quite fortunate in the fact that um we've been able to get back in and and just continue as normal really i mean there's been it's been slightly different like usually we go away on camps and stuff and obviously that hasn't been able to happen but I think we're just grateful that we're able to be in the water and, and not where we were um, kind of in March and, and being stuck at home. Yeah, usually, am I right in saying this time of year, you go to Australia or somewhere like that, somewhere warm and sunny and, yeah. and cheerful? <laughs> yeah, we, we've been to Australia a couple of times on a camp um, around this time of year. So, But like I said, I think we're all just grateful um, of the position we're in at the minute. Now, the great thing for you, in contrast to... 2016 when you're at the trials trying to qualify is that you've been pre-selected the trials hopefully will happen but you're you're there you're on you're on the team sheet already i mean yeah it, t- it takes um takes a little bit of the pressure off but yes yeah, i still want to go to the trials and put down a, a good time and and make it a little bit more like feel like i deserve it you said you wanted really to be at this level since the age of nine who have been your olympic heroes in the sort of 14 years in between um, I guess my uh, it's kind of an obvious answer, but um, my first memory of watching swimming was the 2008 Olympics and watching Michael Phelps win eight golds. Um, so he's kind of been my idol throughout my career. But yeah, it, it, there's a number of people that I could uh, list um, on, <laughs> that have, I've always looked up to. Um, the likes of Leon Tancock, even people that I'm racing now, like Ryan Murphy, who I raced at World Championships last year. Yeah, I looked up to him in 2016. So yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's really good to kind of be racing those guys now and having a look back at where I started and where I've come, how far I've come is like really interesting and um, hopefully I can keep that momentum going. And um, what about the uncertainty? There's been an awful lot of press this week. I mean, depending what you read, the games are going to go ahead or the games are unlikely to happen. How does that affect your thinking and your approach? as an athlete you've got to be ready for anything so at the moment i'm going to kind of prepare as if the games are going to go ahead and if anything happens then we have you've got to kind of deal and adapt with that last year when we heard that the games were being postponed i kind of tried to put a positive spin on it and see it as like it's another year to prepare i'll be in a better position in a year's time so i think if you've got that mentality it's a lot easier to deal with all the uncertainty. I feel for a lot of people who are more towards the end of their career, but for me personally, I'm looking to keep going till at least 2024. So as much as I want this Olympics to go ahead, and I think everyone does, there will be opportunities in the future um, for me personally. Brilliant. Well, congratulations. Um, and uh, amazing to be on the team and one of the, the first Olympians to be named on Team GB. Thank you very much. So with thanks to Luke Greenbank and to Ellen White, that's just about it for today. Good luck to all the Olympians and Paralympians dealing with the uncertainty this weekend. I'm back next week with more great guests. I'd love it if you take a moment to subscribe. That means you'll get each episode for free as soon as they're published. In the meantime, see you soon.